The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey everyone, I'm at Market Square in San Antonio, and so I thought I would share this amazing, magical square with all these cool, eclectic shops. We are continuing our series of wanting more in 2024. And so that's something I have to ask you, you know, what is it that you're wanting more of? There's so many opportunities out there for you. And that's why I created this series and invited these amazing guests such as Michelle Sigmund, who's going to share with you about her power statements. Yeah, to bring more power and intention into not only 2024, but, you know, your whole entire life. Hello, new and true friends. Welcome back to Wanting More in 2024. And I hope that you're tuning in because you are wanting more for yourself. Uh, Not just for the new year, 2024, but this is about your whole life we're talking about here. So a lot of people have that maybe mentality or it's been really culturally ingrained in our psyches that, oh, a new year's coming up. We got to set that new year's resolution. And then when that doesn't come to fruition, we kind of fall off the bandwagon there. So I'm bringing forward these segments because it's very important for the whole span of your life, because we all want more of something, don't we? Right. Think about that more A lot of people right away say more money. (laughs) And yes, that's true. But why is it that you're wanting more money? Is it so that way you can feel more freedom, more relaxation, right? Calm and peace because you don't have the pressures weighing on you. Maybe it is more love and uh, expansion in your life. Or it's just more of what you already have. And that's great too. We're really going to apply putting your attention on your intention by inviting you to shift the script. You've heard me say that many times, but it's true, right? Shift the script from old ruminating beliefs, which I call BS, right? Your belief system into possibilities and opportunities. So 
that's why I'm bringing forward my next guest, Michelle Sigmund. And when I sat down with her the first time to chat with her about how we could co-create together, I knew she would be a perfect person for the series because she's a living example of putting your mind over matter by shifting the script. And a little bit about Michelle, she's a principal of a school and she's also a certified wellness coach and has the expertise in working with both kids and adults. And Michelle is very motivated to help people make changes in their lives by shifting their daily habits in order to make better decisions for mental health and their well-being. And what is really crazy cool about Michelle is that she's a former barefoot water skier for Canada's national team. And that just shows Michelle's dedication and commitment that it takes to create habits in order to achieve your true potential. And Michelle says, when you are committed to yourself and are fueled by each step you take, you will make change and will be inspired by every new door that opens. Ah, that's great. That's a really good example of working from the inside out. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for being here on Wanting More in 2024. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, I am very excited to have you on here because of how you have worked with people from all backgrounds and ages. I think that's really key too, having that insight and perspective of being able to shift the script so people can move past those old beliefs and receive more in their lives. Yeah, and and really from every age, the framework stays the same, but the older we get, the more lived experience we have and the more ability that, you know, those influencers can take over our mind and it's harder to change. So I find working with younger students and athletes versus adults, there is a there is more of an action, more of a deeper action that needs to be taken with the adults for that reason. Mm. Yeah, we do get set in our ways, right? When we get older. And we really truly believe in those, you know, ruminating thoughts and things. Yeah. So give us a little bit of insight into your awareness, how you've been able to work through your own BS uh, when you were doing the barefoot water skiing, when you were, you know, up and coming in, in that um, athleticism. I mean, that's pretty tough and competitive, isn't it? Yeah. And I find some of the reasons I do the work now is because there were so many pieces that I was missing at a young age. I didn't have the knowledge I have now with the mind and the habits to properly dedicate myself to my sport. And that is a part of my journey along the way and some of why I do what I do. But when 
when you are an athlete and what I tell athletes now is that you can have the best skill and as an adult or a student in school or their workplace, you can have all of the knowledge and, and skills, but if you don't have the confidence and you don't have the mental toughness, the mental strength to work through challenges, then that skill and knowledge doesn't matter because we have to have that confidence. We have to have that mental strength to work through roadblocks, to work through challenges so that when we're approached with that in our work, we can work through it. And then our knowledge and our skill actually increases in the performance because we've strengthened that part of the mind. So when I was an athlete, I had the skill and, but I didn't have the, the huge amount of confidence and mental strength as I do now. And I feel like if I knew what I knew now back then, I might not have had to retire my sport so early. Yeah. So what was the missing piece? What did you now hindsight is 2020, right? Yeah. So I got an injury very, very early in my water ski career. And so I often in my journey, what I talk about is that and this, this, this is not just about athletes. This is about anybody that's working through uh, challenges and toughness and working on increasing performance. And you can increase performance in any part of your life. And so when, when what I say now is that when I was an athlete, I, I, I lived in Florida and I you know, I was training because you couldn't, you couldn't train in Canada to be a barefoot water skier. We don't have the seasons that they have in Florida. So I picked up my whole life and I left my family. Like that was very tough for me. And I moved to Florida because it's something I really wanted. And I skied and I, you know, years, a couple years after I, I was a nanny when I lived there because that helped kind of pay my way with the training. And uh, so I made the national team I was four, number one in Canada for four years in a row. I was eighth in the world. And I was like at the peak. I was, you know, I, the highest energy that you could have in, in whatever that performance level you're looking for in your life. And that I was there. And I got extreme pain in my shoulders. And uh, I went after the world championships and got an MRI. And I found out I had extreme arthritis in both my shoulders. And they said, if you continue your sport, you're going to need reconstructive surgery on your shoulders. You might never throw baseball again. And so at that, I was in my early twenties, you know, those are decisions that, you know, you're like, what do you weigh out? Do I keep going and, and take the risk? And I didn't have that, that knowledge of reflection and self-reflection. Right. So I think I maybe would have gone a different route maybe, but I decided to retire my sport. It wasn't something that was going to take me far. But at that point in my life, because I didn't have that huge confidence and the mental strength, I went into a really dark place because I had always been identified as an athlete and I didn't have anything else that I, you know, I didn't have those other outer skills, the knowledge, the reflection, the confidence. And that was kind of the beginning of, when I wanted to start training my mind a little bit more. And that's, 
that's the piece now that that I'm able to carry with me into my wellness work. That's one part of it. I have many stories, but that's that's one part of that journey that I don't ever want somebody to identify themselves based on a sport or a job or uh, just being a parent. Just, you know, we, we have many aspects to ourself and confidence is that core. And when we truly know ourselves, and when we dig deep and know, you know, why we're here and what motivates us every day to want more for ourselves, to push ourselves more, we have to identify in many different ways. Yes. And that's a, that's a really good point about not identifying as the job or as like a duty because it's very easy to do that, especially a mother, you know, we're taught to sacrifice. We're taught to do everything for this child. And, and it's true up to maybe age five or something, right? We really have to, you know, we're rearing this little person, any caregiver doesn't have to be a mother, not trying to gender genderize anything, but any caregiver who is caring for a child it's really important, right, for us to instill things and, and, but that puts a lot of pressure on ourselves. So then that becomes our, our part of our identity. And I completely 100% agree with you on that is, is when we recognize the other parts of who we are, we're so much more than just that role uh, that, we're building that emotional intelligence with ourselves and building a better relationship to ourselves. And then that's where the confidence comes from. That's when we exude that, uh, just that comfortableness with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Very comfortable. And and that brings in the confidence. Yeah. And that's, you know, that old saying of put your oxygen mask on first. And I always say to everybody I work with that there are parts of our journey where, where it's okay to be selfish, because I say, when you're selfish and you're building that confidence and you know what you're wanting, you actually don't realize the inspiration you're having on the outside. And you're modeling that for others. So you're actually having a positive impact on yourself at the same time as you are creating a positive impact on somebody else. And I, you know, I can attest to that as, as a mom and as a principal and, and, you know, I show up the same person in all parts of my life. And when I work on myself first, when I wake up and I'm intentional about, you know, whether I'm doing the gratitude, whether I'm journaling, whether I'm just you know, giving myself a power statement, when I start my day off that way for myself, then that's my oxygen mask. And then the rest of the day, I can be giving that back to everybody else and being that that positive influencer in other people's life, which, which then it's like a the loop of feedback, right, where you're just, you're, you're giving it to yourself first, and you're giving it to others. And guess what, it comes right back to you again. Mm-hmm. And, and I, yeah, Oh, yes. I. It's beautiful that, like you said, the loop of feedback. I like to say like it's a boomerang, right? We Our energy, our thoughts, our behaviors, our intentions, um, it, it 
all comes back to us. So people, I know people are listening and there's, they're thinking that's a wonderful thing, but I have all these things that I want, but there's just always something that gets in the way, always something that gets in the way of me achieving this, or I can't do that right now. For example, people rearing children, uh, that type of thing. So what, what suggestions or what guidance do you have for those who are wanting more, but feel that they're being held back or that there's a, there's something in the way? That's a great question. And uh, I want to tell a story first. I want to quickly just tell a story about why I do the work I do right now and kind of a big part of, of why I started being a wellness coach. And I think this is going to maybe help people maybe relate in some, in some point, And then I can kind of, you know, then, you know, scale it back a little bit for them in, in those steps. But about seven years ago, uh, I became a vice principal. I was in my second year of being a vice principal. I was, I was always, since I became a teacher, I, I, and I'm grateful for it, but I was always tapped for leadership. I always like was pushed to do a little bit more and a little bit more. And I kept, and I kept doing it right. That was before I had kids. I'm like, yep, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this leadership opportunity. And, and I was very grateful for the people. I had a great support system that believed in me and, and that helped build, build that confidence to, to me wanting more. But in my second year of being a vice principal, I, my, my kids were babies. And I was at a new school. The school was very busy. And I was, I was at the busiest I've ever been in my home life with two little babies and then in my career. And I often think back going, what was I thinking? <laughs> but I, I just, I wanted, I wanted all of that. I was motivated to do both, to be this great mom. And at the same time, to be this great vice principal. And, and I was motivated in those two pieces. But then I was with a, a principal at that time who really, I'm, I'm just going to be flat out, was not nice to me, was not nice. And uh, my confidence got pulled down. My feelings about myself got pulled down. The busyness at work and the busyness with my kids at home, it was crumbling. I was crumbling. And I felt like I couldn't do anything right. And, and, and I believed that I truly believed that I just couldn't do anything right. And I, I, I didn't give up, but it was like, it, it was just this constant negativity from, from the moment I woke up to the moment I got home and it was spiraling so bad that, you know, it was affecting home and it was affecting work. And, and I just, I wasn't self-reflective and I, and I, I didn't recognize, I was totally internalizing it as this is, this is my fault. You know, I, I, did this to myself. I'm a new vice principal, a new mom. And then one morning I, you know, I remember I woke up and I'm like, enough, enough. Like I, I am not who I'm supposed to be right now. This I'm not me. And I, it was almost like a sense of, okay, you got this. And I just started small. I started really small. It was, you know, I got back into my regular workout routine and, and exercise for me has always been something that helps build my confidence, but also release my mind and, and, and bring me back into control. What I didn't realize was that as I started getting in this negative space, 
that I actually started seeing negativity everywhere. And I almost created this influence of negativity around me. So I would be looking for, you know, negativity in the things I would read, you know, in social media, the people I surrounded myself, it was like listening to this negativity. And it was almost like the influences around me, I was letting them control that further negativity. And so I, t- I took those small steps and I, I said, enough, I need to take control. This is my life. I've got two young, beautiful babies at home, a wonderful husband. Um, I love the work I do as a vice principal. Like I love working with kids and families. So I took my control back. But some of the things that I had to do, which is hopefully going to help others right now, is that when you learn to take control back, you need to identify the influencers in your life. Because when when you when your mind is is like the most powerful thing in this world your mind controls everything your mind will bring you success your mind will bring you failure but it is incredibly hard to retrain incredibly hard and so to to answer that question and i wanted to tell that story i wanted oh yeah that was perfect a huge part of who i am is is i'm authentic i the work i do is is truly I, I, you know, this is what I've lived. I've, I've, I've been able to see my own work have success in my own life. I've seen it have success in my kid's life and in the other people that I've worked with. But what I say is, is step one, write down all of the positive influencers in your life. And when I say influencers, I don't just mean people. So that could be what you read. It could be people you surround yourself with, you know, could be friends, family, coworkers, whoever it is. Who are those positive things and people in your life that are positive influences? And then step two, now look at those negative influencers. So, you know, I talk to many and they say, you know, I say, put up your hand if you've got one person in your life who continues, it's exhausting sometimes hanging out with them because it's just constant negativity. And everybody always has one always has one. And you know what? It, it doesn't mean you're fully eliminating them. You just need to identify and recognize. Okay. Cause that's taking that control back. And then from there, you then need to figure out, you know, why, why are you doing this? What is it that you want for yourself? What is missing? And sometimes that roadblock and challenge that people are having is a person or something they're reading and, and that's stopping them from, from getting to that next step. So then you need to, then you need to start your habits. And and that's in the framework that I teach. And so there's a lot of steps that are included in it, but it's starting really small. And and one of the one of the huge pieces is social media. The when we allow others to influence us, so whether it be a person or whether it be social media or a book, what it's doing is our reticular activating system, which is the front of our brain, that is what we train every day. And what we tell our brain our brain believes. So if you are constantly on, you know, Mel Robbins does a really great job when she explains like a Facebook page and all the things on a Facebook page and you can, you know, there's a slide and, and there's a feed and that like, there's tons of stuff. Your brain will go directly to what you have trained it to believe. So if you're in a positive mind frame, 
and you surround yourself with positive stuff, then when you look at that Facebook page, you're going to look for things to affirm what you believe. But if you've been influenced negatively and you're really working on trying to change that, when you look at that Facebook feed, your brain is naturally going to go to the negativity because that's what you've been training your brain to do based on the influencers. And then we break it down from habits and, and setting those goals. Yeah, I so enjoy you talking about the brain because I talk about neuroscience in fact, Anne, she talks about it. Uh, so, and the challenge, I believe, and please add to this, right? This is what we do here, co-creating, is that we can't see ourselves and we cannot see our brains. And so we really, and the, and the brain doesn't have any sensations so it's not like, oh, I hurt my leg today and I got to take care of it and I got to ice it or, you know, whatever that is. I got to rest it. When there's, when there is those neural pathways that are negatively biased, right? So you're talking about, and it's that default, default, default. It'll keep going back there and it truly believes that's reality then that's that's the that's the challenge although neuroplasticity is our friend so the old saying you can't teach a dog get old dog new tricks is a farce it's that's a lie and i know from experience because my grandfather until he was 96 he was teaching himself new things all the time he was my inspiration and i also have a grandmother who is 101 who is still cognitively aware, mobile, all the things, right? She just has short-term memory loss, but she does exercises. She reads, she, she really focuses on what she is, you know, ingesting in all areas, right. Of her, of her life. And so I know this for a fact, and I know it for a fact for myself too, of the work that I've done. So it's going to default. And then that's when that yeah. emotional intelligence comes in and it's like, okay, I'm going to give myself a break. I'm unlearning and learning at the same time. Feels kind of wonky. Like you're pulling clothes out of a closet. You're like, okay, I'm going to get all this stuff out. And you're pulling all the clothes out and you're like, wow, that's a mess. Where am I going to start? <laughs> right? So then just focusing on, just as you said so perfectly, Michelle, small, start small, weed out little things, just little things. So that way you can see a little bit more clearly yeah. of, of what it is that you're wanting. Yeah. yeah. And that that's a difficult piece. And I, I work with a lot of people that say, I know what I want. I just don't know how to get there. Yes. And the answer is start small, because when we talk about the new year in 2024, and we always go into a new year, I mean, I don't anymore. My new year's resolutions are every single day of my life, but some people enter the new year and say, okay, that's it. I'm going to start on this Monday and I'm going to go 
to the gym for an hour a day and I'm going to drink three liters of water and I'm going to meal prep every day and I'm going to get healthy. And that is awesome. That is like great motivation, but it's not reality because if we weren't doing any of those things already, that is too much overload for our brain to change. So you can have all of those things and I promise you, you're going to get there. But when I work with people, I say, I want you to choose one thing. Let's set the goal and let's set an action. And so if I'm looking to, you know, become more healthy and, and I am, I don't like the gym because I've never liked the gym and exercising, then I let's start with nutrition. Let's meal prep our breakfast Monday to Friday. Done. One thing. And then we're habit tracking. And that's what we, that's, that's the work that I do is, and that's where my specialty and my wellness coaching comes in is the goal setting and the habits and the actual framework. And then once you do that, you know, after, you know, six weeks and, and you're consistent and you are meal prepping your breakfast Monday to Friday, let's look at lunch. And then, and then, because what is, what that's doing to our brain, first of all, when we check off our habit, it's success. I feel success. I am checking off success. My brain is then going to look for things in this world that continue to give me success. Then I'm going to surround myself with the people that will continue to, to motivate and push me because that's where my brain is going. And then ex exercise, you know, we talk about, you know, there's so much to exercise. There's the environment, there's the clothing, there's the plan. So somebody that's, that's never worked out that your first goal can't be to go to the gym and work out for an hour. Where's your gym? How is that fitting into your schedule? Mm -hmm. What is the plan? Yes. You know, there's, there's so many pieces. And so when we can start in micro, micro goals, then that is going to build into those macros that is going to build into the bigger success. But that's where the failure comes in with people that they want too much too quick. And I always yes. say these quick fixes, it's not reality, because there is quick fixes out there, but those quick fixes are not sustainable. And we will look for sustainability and a lifestyle change and a balance in life. And I want to say a balance in life again, because the perfection is not there. We want to have the lazy days. We want to eat a treat every once in a while. So if you can learn to balance your life with your work, with your family through micro steps and micro goals and micro habits, you're going to end up creating that life, that change that you're really looking for. It might take six months. It might take a year. It might take five. Gosh, my, my journey has been eight years and, and yeah, I am definitely further in eight years than I ever thought I could be like definitely, but, but it takes time. Mm. But, but when you truly want that for yourself and you're intentional every day, when you wake up with those micros, you're going to get there. You're going to get there. Yeah, those are perfect key points. And just, re I think, yeah, a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves 
when they want to start something new, they get inspired or they get frustrated and, you know, mad or angry. So that's it. Just like you said, on Monday, I'm going to do this. But also, I believe the, you know, you're working from the inside out. So I really enjoyed how you said, where is the gym? What clothes am I going to wear? What are the hours? What's, you know, get a schedule, get ready to get ready. Because then the mind is saying, oh, this is, this feels a little easier. It doesn't feel like you're throwing on your clothes on Monday, trying to find something that fits. You go to the gym and you're already heightened. You you are in the fight, flight, or freeze. Your brain is saying, not safe, not safe. <laughs> yeah. But then you're like, I'm going to make this happen and, you know, start getting on the treadmill and, and all the things. Although that's not, you're not comfortable. Yeah. You're not, you're not uh, easing yourself into it with those little micro steps, like you said, Michelle. And then the the mind saying, okay, yes, I can do this. Yes, this this does feel safe to do. Mm-hmm. Because there's a sense of safety also that we need to remember. And I'll even pause as you, before you even walk in the door, as you're sitting in your car, even if it's to a new job, even if it's to the gym or um, meeting a friend for the first time or, you know, a, a little coffee with somebody, you know, sitting there asking yourself, do I feel safe? Where is my safety right here and now? You know, get back into your body, remind yourself that this is growth and, and growth, it takes time and um, it, it takes that commitment to yourself, you know, because really we're building a relationship to ourselves as we're continuing the journey every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll give a quick example. A lot of people, you know, morning routine is very important. I talked about that. And so some people just say, you know, I just want to be able to get up early because I want to do X, Y, and Z. So I said, your step one is, is learning not to hit the snooze and learning to just wake up early, right? That's step one. So I always say, you know, if, if you're looking to, you know, have an exercise routine or, or do something else in the morning, I say step one is set your alarm clock 10 minutes earlier and get up and just make yourself a cup of coffee. Because that's your step one is getting up earlier. And then after a week or two, set it 15 minutes and maybe have a cup of coffee and put on your workout clothes. Because what you're doing is, is you're, again, the whole time is you're training your brain that this is, that this is motivating, that this is what you want for yourself. But the brain can't be on overload when you first start, because it's just going to shut down. It's, 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 it's not what we're used to doing. We have to take those small steps for our brain to say, okay, this feels good. Feels good waking up 10 minutes early. Wow, I have a quiet house with a cup of coffee. I want more time. Then you add that more time. And then you're able to create that morning routine, whatever that morning routine looks like for yourself. I'm using exercise because that's when I work with people, that's typically what they want to do. And it is very healthy to move your body at least 15 minutes a day. Uh, so 
because there's there's all the, uh, the research on the mind and the focus and the energy and the endorphins that come from exercise and moving your body in different forms. So that gets you get you get you set. And then there's a form of that creativity in the morning too. If you know if you're an entrepreneur, or you're somebody that's looking to go further in their business. Well, morning routine is a perfect place to start for you because you're most creative in the morning. And, and so if I give any advice for anyone looking for a morning routine, your morning routine in the first at least 15, 20 minutes does not include your cell phone. Because again, those influencers. And that is very hard. That is very hard. But, but you have to plan it because you want to be the first person that you talk to in the morning. You want to be the first mm. person that, that you tell yourself that power statement. You have to be that first person. Yes. And I was just going to ask about with the shifting the script of applying those, you know, small habits and you talked about, you know, power statements. So what does that look like when people are finding themselves having that negative talk? You know, this is never going to happen for me. Why do I even try? This is just too hard. You know, whatever those scripts are that they're saying to themselves, what is that power statement that you have or how do you guide people to find their own power statement yeah so I always say a power statement and I like using power statement because I do work with with all different types so the affirmation sometimes people are like oh I don't want to call it that so we say power statement because a power statement is giving you back power giving you back control and so when you write a power statement your power statement needs to be in the future but it's in the present, if that makes sense. So it's not happening yet, but you're writing as though it is. So if I'm working on confidence, if confidence is something like I'm lacking, then my power statement might be say something like this. I am a confident woman who has 100% control of her day, and I am going to rock my day. Like something as simple as that, and you can go deeper. I mean, I've had power statements that are a paragraph. I've had power statements that are one sentence. You got this you're beautiful, you're strong, you own your day. And, mm. and you would say I, because you're talking to yourself, I'm giving them out, out to you. But a power statement is, is training your brain to believe what you want it to believe. But it's not, I want this, or I am able to, it's I am doing it right now. Mm-hmm. I am strong, I am confident. I am in control. So because remember when I said your brain only knows what you tell it, it doesn't know what's fake or reality. It just believes what you are telling it to believe. So I always say a power statement right off the bat in the morning when you wake up, some people do it looking at themselves in the mirror. Some people do it on paper. Some people have a sticky note in their car driving to work. Uh, you know, if they're dealing with a difficult situation, it's, it's, and then use those power statements throughout your day. You know, there's some days, gosh, in my job, I mean, it's, it's super busy and then there's times when it's stressful and, but they say, you know, stress can be healthy, but it's the way you allow your body to respond to stress. And so, so true. we want stress, yeah, we want stress as those endorphins because it's motivating but stress can spiral us based on what we're telling our brain. So those power statements, those power statements are that, that strong part of, of taking back control. And mm. so close that door in the office and give yourself a power statement and walk back out with more intention. Give those power states, 
statements in the morning that help you start your day where you feel in control before you pick up that phone. You know, have those power statements before you go to bed so that you are, you know, going to sleep with the motivation for the next day. So power statements, they're powerful. They yes, are. they are. Yes. And I, I found, and I'm curious about what your thoughts are about this, is when you use a power statement or an affirmation or whatever you call that for yourself, um, having the feeling too of that, you know, what, what would that, how would I feel like visualizing myself as this clear, confident uh, person, woman, uh, and just what would that look like? What would that feel like? Although I'm curious, this is my question for you. The mind's going to say, well, wait a minute, you're not that, you know, it like, it tries to flip it on you. And it's that, it's that protective, you know, you're not there yet. You haven't earned that. How, how can you say that if it's not true? So what do you yeah. say to people when, when they're in the midst of that? So consistency, consistency. And I know this from personal experience. The first time I wrote my power statement, I was kidding myself. I was kidding myself. That's where I was in my head. I'm like, this is not me. This is not how I'm feeling. But the more you write it again, it goes back to those habits. In order to change something that we believe, we have to do something consistently to change that belief system. And it goes back to that subconscious. So we have that in our subconscious is our lived experience is our reaction to things. So in order to change that, we have to interrupt those thoughts. And when we can start being more self-reflective and we can do the work in that calm space, morning routine or nighttime routine, and we write those power statements consistently, that's interrupting. So there, it eventually, eventually your mind will do that in a reactive situation. When you have a negative influencer in your life and they're trying to pull you in that direction, it will automatically interrupt. And this, this is, this has happened to me just, just two days ago. You know, somebody that tried to, to, to pull me down and my mind naturally now goes to no, you're not taking control because, but it's taken a long time. And, and that's where that success, the people that are the most successful in their lives and the most sure of who they are, are the ones willing to put in the work yes. every single day. And it's not a full-time job. It's not. It's small things every day that lead into something bigger. This is, you know, I'm talking five to 10 minutes a day to start. We all have that time. Mm -hmm. But if, but eventually that's just going to be ingrained in who you are. It's going to be our, it's going to be a part of your subconscious. You're going to change that. You're going to change that narrative for yourself. Whatever it is that you're trying to change, you're going to change it. If you dedicate that small time, mm. but you will be battling. You will be yes. battling. It will happen. I'm just going to, that's why I brought it up. And, and I so love that because then you, then you can witness like the duality that's within you. And it's like, well, who's in charge here? Right. Who, who is saying this, this BS, 
belief system. Where's this BS coming from? And I've been able to shift the script because when I'm witnessing that within myself, Michelle, I feel it, right? I feel like the pulling, it feels heavy. It feels constricting. And it's like, well, how can that happen? Or when, or, you know, just the mind's trying to figure it out. And then I pause and I literally say to myself, I am bigger than these emotions or this sensation right now. This is my protection. This is trying to keep me small and in my box that is safe, right? And so when I say that and I take a big breath and, you know, emotions happen too. And that's part of it also. Being able to just be with yourself, hold that kind and compassion, ease and grace for ourselves while we're expanding and wanting more for ourselves too, right? So yeah. uh, that's very powerful, no pun intended about the power statement, but <laughs> it is very powerful. And that's why it's such a, it activates us Yeah, because it's saying, oh, that, but that's not true. You haven't done that. How can you say that? And it's like, nope, I'm, I'm shifting. I'm creating this new space for myself mm -hmm. and you have to want it for you. Like you said, in the very beginning, Michelle, you have to want it for you and you have to put in that dedication and that time to yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. And the coolest part about it though, is that, you know, if you have other people in your life, whether it's kids or, you know, a best friend or, or a partner, when you do this work for yourself, you're actually helping others. And, and so a lot of the work I do, I, I teach it to my kids and I, and I explain to them why. And so, you know, when they're dealing with a struggle at school with a, with a peer or a teacher, or, you know, that those hard challenges in their sport, you know, this is the work that we do together alongside. And so I feel like that, that's, that's my own gift that I'm able to give that back to my kids and, and learn it at a young age. And I'm just so excited for them to, to have that confidence at a younger age. And really know themselves, know who they are mm -hmm. because, you know, kids are so malleable and they look outside of themselves for social cues to tell them that they're safe or they're accepted and that's when challenges happen, right? So yeah. that's amazing work that you're doing, Michelle. I'm so excited to hear Thank that you. you are you are that ripple effect. Yeah. So for those who are interested in getting to know you a little bit more, what um, you have some resources, don't you, to help support yeah. them? Yeah, so I have two books that I published. One of them is my goal setting framework. That is a workbook. And it is a workbook for kids or adults. Uh, you know, I work with a lot of athletes, but it's it's really goal setting anybody interested in, in learning how to set specific goals and work through them with actions. It's a six week plan workbook. And the coolest part about it is I have a QR code on the on the inside cover that it's me walking you through the whole book. So if you ah. just wanted to purchase the book and not have me coach you through it, you could just purchase the book. If you wanted 
to have the book and me coach, that's also an option, but that's why I created that QR code. I and then really my- love that idea. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Good interaction, right? You yeah. feel like you have an extra support there too. Yeah. It, because just like me again, if you get to know me a little bit more, I, that's the control I wanted because this framework I'm so passionate about and it's the framework I've used. And I just didn't want to put a workbook out there where somebody might not understand how it's used because then it's not going to give them what they need and want. So I wanted that QR code so that I could really give them that voice and understand the intention behind the framework and the purpose Mm. and how to use it. And then my second book is my personalized day book for success. And that's a time management book. And it's got areas for your uh, power statement. Um, But it's, we used a mission statement in there, but it's power statement. And then I also love the park. So there's, um, I talk about what it means to park items. And this is a huge, great time management skill. But we could do a whole other segment on time management. But that book is for that. And that is for, uh, you know, anyone in their, you know, even, you know, grade seven and eight, all the way up to adults. A lot of the adults like to use that book because it's it's a day book that kind of keeps them in control of the things they want to get done in that day. So the way you can get access to those is you can go on my website. It's www.wellnessmichelle.com. And on my website, you'll, you'll see where you can purchase those books or even just learn about them, but you'll also get to know me a little bit more and the work I do. Um, so that's a great point. And that website uh, is a brand new one that I just launched uh, over the last year. So you'll see that website continue to grow. Um, because that's my older website is done. So this is more of a brand new one. So you're going to see it evolve as well. Oh, that's great. Yes. And isn't that what we're doing throughout our whole lives, right? We're meant to evolve. We're meant to grow. And by everybody wanting more for themselves, it's just, it's just the next step, right? We're getting ready to get ready to get ready for all the things. Um, Yeah. To receive more right in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And then my Instagram handle uh, is where I do a lot of my work too. So that's at Michelle fitness mama. Um, I do my most work on Instagram and my website. So those would be the two great spots. I am on LinkedIn, uh, but I'm, that's new to me. So I'm still evolving on that. And you can just look up Michelle Sigmund. So those are some other avenues to find me. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, thank you for being here with us, Michelle. I so appreciate all the great tips and everybody here, you know, wanting more for yourself and just being able to, again, invite that pause, reflect. And as Michelle said, you know, find the inspirations in your life make those boundaries, healthy boundaries. And then ask yourself, what what is it that I'm wanting? And then start small, that micro, micro like learning, the small little habits. Yeah, it's just one, one day at a time, one step at a time. Totally. And if I can end just with one thing, if you want to, you know, Please. this could be someone's affirmation is that, I am the way I am today because I've turned 
the way I take challenges. I take challenges as growth. I take failure as an opportunity to grow. And I take doors that close on me, the opportunity to open another one. And I love using the analogy of taking a road trip, that your life is a road trip and you're going to come to roadblocks. And if we decide at those roadblocks to turn around and go home, we're not allowing ourselves to grow. But if we take those roadblocks and we take the map out and we look for a detour, we're going to watch more and more doors open for us. So the next time you hit a failure or a challenge, I challenge you to take that detour and take it as an opportunity to grow and change instead of an opportunity to close the door. Oh, wow. That was powerful. Very powerful. Oh, Michelle, thank you. Thank you for that. I am so glad that you shared that with us. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed our conversation and getting to know you as too, as well. Yes, it was a blessing. Definitely. And please, anyone listening here, hit like, subscribe, you know, leave a comment. Let Michelle know what you enjoyed about our conversation and how you are applying the the little steps that she suggested you know what what is your little small change that you're going to make towards receiving more in in your life so thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time be well my friends hey thank you for tuning in for michelle sigmund's episode of wanting more in 2024 And I hope that you found her power statements empowering and also that you are not just letting things get in your way, you know, those roadblocks she talked about. Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.